So this morning, we are, are going to relook and revisit something that was central to what we talked about at the beginning of the year, and that is our, our Windover Hills resolutions, who we are, what we're about, what our year focus was. So if you're new with us this morning, um, I kind of think it's an exciting morning to be here because if you've ever walked into a church and wondered, hey, wonder what this church is all about, you get the opportunity to hear it all this morning as we talk through what we felt like God has led us to. And in the end, I want to talk about really how do we accomplish this? How do we really accomplish? And it's so much more simple than we might make it out to be. And you'll see our video ties into that when we get there at the end. So if you got in this morning and somehow you, you got through and didn't get uh, a sermon notes this morning, if you want to slip up your hand, uh, Richard would love to run one to you this morning and get it to you. Yeah, so you can just follow along and fill those out. And I've got a few extra things you can write in the margin as well if you'd like this morning. And as always, uh, this is great information for you to take home and have family discussion time or your own devotion time in the morning or just, just to read back through. Maybe there's a time in your week where you, mm, just it's especially hard. And just to read back through and be encouraged would be great. So this last year, we walked through this theme called What Matters. And what matters, basically what we said, if, if you stripped everything away from here, I mean, no screen and PowerPoint, if our musicians up here didn't have, you know, plugged in, and, and if we didn't have air conditioning here this morning, you know, if we had nothing, and you were even sitting on the floor, what really matters to the kingdom of God? For the body of believers at church, what really matters? You see, we live in a day and age where we no longer leave and hop churches or quit going to church because of theological issues. We quit and leave church because of stylistic differences or relational problems. Those are the key reasons why we step away. What really matters in the kingdom? What really matters for the body of believers to be a part of? And so this morning, I want to talk through again the four things that we said, these really matter to us this year. This is our focus. This is our drive. And unlike last time where I kind of spent like 45 minutes talking to you about this, we're going to go pretty brief, and I just want to highlight and cap each one. They're in here. The scripture is in here for you to go read on your own, and you can have even more in depth. If you're so intrigued in the next 20 minutes here, then you can go back and you can look for the sermon back on January 4th on our website, wendoverhills.org. And you can listen in more detail what we're talking about. But basically, we identified four things, and they all come from Acts chapter 2. And I'm not going to read the extent of the chapter, but I'll read and highlight under each point as we look at it this morning. We highlighted four things that we really felt God was saying, look, as a body of believers, this is what matters. This is what matters. So if you show up one morning and your whole media is blown and you can't put words on the screen, guess what? You still do church because these are what matters, not those things. Those are just extra tools to help us do what we do. And so if you want to follow along in your resolutions this morning, here's what we're talking about. The first one was this. Our resolution was to reach those far from God. To reach those far from God. Peter replied, this, this is him, him talking here in the book of Acts chapter 2. He says, each of you, he's talking to the crowd, must repent of your sins and turn to God and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. Then you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. 
as Peter's talking here, as he's saying, you know what he's really saying is, you need a change in your life. You need something different, some, some change. You, you need to receive something new. And as believers in Jesus, we, we believe very strongly that our job is to show people and to teach people about who Jesus Christ is and what he has to offer in the way of transformation in their life. Now, I don't believe it's our chief job to go tell people what life changes they need to make. Sometimes in relationships, that opens up where we're able to hold each other accountable and speak into each other's life and say, hey, have you ever thought about if you got rid of this, how much more joy would be in your life? But it's not our chief goal. Our chief goal is not to look around on everything that's going on in our life and start to say, that's wrong, that's wrong, that's wrong, that's wrong, and let's, let's start protesting here and there. I'm not even saying that there's not times that we can be involved in those things. It's not our chief goal. Do you know what our chief goal is as I read God's word, especially the Gospels? Our chief goal as a body of believers is to introduce people to the one who is the life changer. That's our goal. To introduce people to Jesus Christ, that he would have the platform and the opportunity to bring change to their life. That's our goal. That's what we're about. When we say reach people far from God, outside of a relationship with Jesus Christ, we can't be close to God. And so our job is to introduce people to Jesus Christ. That means when you're at work and you have this little opportunity to to speak into somebody's life, speak Jesus into their life. Don't just speak in, hey, that's wrong, you shouldn't be doing that. Though there's times. You got to follow the Spirit on that. But your chief goal is to say, this is Jesus Christ. This is who Jesus is. This is what he has to offer your life. Hey, if you're uh, here this morning, whether you're new with us or you al- always come, and the thing going on in your life and you know it is that you don't really know about this relationship with Jesus Christ. I mean, you've heard of Jesus, you know about God, but you don't understand this whole relationship thing. What I would tell you right now, our passion here and our desire for you today is to do a little bit more investigation on who Jesus is and what he has to offer your life. So I was thinking about this question um, this past couple weeks. What if Christianity was not evangelic? What if we weren't evangelical? Meaning that what if we didn't have this focus on sharing our faith with other people and wanting to see other people come to know Jesus Christ as well? What if we didn't even have the whole platform and and desire that I'm a Christian, and boy, I would love the person I work with or hang out with or work out with to be a Christian as well. What if that just really didn't exist in our faith, period? How would Christianity be different if it was not evangelical? Well, I wanted to ask a couple questions that may help us answer that question. Here's the first one. Would anyone around us experience the hope, transformation, and salvation in Jesus Christ if we weren't evangelic? I mean, if we weren't out there looking to share Jesus with other people, would anybody out there ever stumble onto Jesus on their own? I imagine God can make that work. I mean, he is God. He can do anything. Question number two, would anybody be invited to meet Jesus at this church? Would anybody invited to come and experience community with other believers that 
go through the same kind of things in life and deal with the same things, but, but instead of looking to themselves, they turn and look to what God might have to offer their life or the direction he might have them. Would anyone be invited to meet Jesus at this church or at his church if we weren't evangelic? Third question on this, in light of your answers to one and two, does this already describe your evangelic approach to Christianity? Do you look and go, wow, I'm not really evangelic at all in my Christianity? Our key number one resolution is that every single one of us would be involved in reaching those far from God. God doesn't need you on any soapbox preaching on any corner. If you've been called to that, I would love to talk to you because I've never understood that calling. Um, But he doesn't need you to do that. He just wants you to open up relationships. He wants you to look at the times when he gives you a little opportunity to say, hey, here's the hope and joy I've found in my life and speak to them about Jesus. Here's the second thing that we walked through at the, the first week of this year, and that was to serve those disheartened by life, to serve those that are disheartened, that are, that are struggling. We find in Acts chapter 2 that they sold their, pro- their property and possessions and shared the money with those in need. It means they looked around at their group, they looked at who they were rubbing shoulders with, and they said, who among us has need? Who's hurting? Who is without? Now, remember the context we talked through at this time? When somebody came to know Jesus, right about that time after Jesus had ascended up into heaven, when somebody became a Christian, guess what happened? They were disowned. They were put out of their families. It wasn't like they came home and said, hey, that's great for you. That's wonderful. No, they, they got kicked out. And so you can see the need was real. People didn't have homes. They didn't have food. They didn't have any more possessions. And so guess what happened? The body of believers took care of those needs. They cared for one another in that way. And they were even willing to sell their properties or their possessions. They weren't just going down to the basement and scrambling around and finding an old VHS VCR and bringing it to the church yard sale. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. No, they were selling what they had, their possessions and their property, and they were giving to those in need. And I believe it's our calling as well as a body of believers to serve those disheartened by life. Sometimes we do it by by just our resources through your tithes and your offering, and then we are able to, in return, as a church board and leaders, we're able to to help those and give either money or or to give uh, assistance for those. Sometimes God just lays it on your heart. Somebody needs a bed and you're like, I got to go buy a bed. And you go out and you buy a bed. But we help those disheartened by life. Can I tell you a few of the people that I I hang out with during the week? Not every week, but but many weeks. I've got an Orthodox priest friend that we spend time with. Now, that's very different than than me in my context and our ministry. Um, Spend time with him. I have a, f- a couple atheists, uh, and they're pretty straightforward about it. They don't have any problem with me, um, but, but they don't believe in the God that, that I worship and I serve and I talk to you about every week. Um, hang out with a couple members of a three-member, like, thrash screamo band. Can I just tell you that's so far from my musical uh, taste that uh, there's, like, musically a, about as big a disconnect as you're going to get with these guys. Every week, I hang out with those Two guys. You know that, that nearly every day I spend some time with a homosexual couple. 
nearly every single morning at the gym, interact and spend time. A few folks uh, every week, and I, I see it on their Facebook, who would say things like, uh, I'm sending you happy thoughts a thousand times before they would ever consider even the concept of saying, hey, I'm going to pray for you. Can I tell you that I love these people? I love spending time with these people. I, I love engaging. I'm so different. Uh, my, my, my biblical worldview is very different. But I love spending time with those people. And do you know that they're just like you and me? They battle things in their life. They go with, through difficulties. And every once in a while, just like you and me, they get slammed with something unexpected. Sometimes they cause it, just like you and me. Sometimes it just is thrown on them. And they deal with just like this cave-in in life. And do you know why I enjoy them so much and want to be there with them? Because when that cave-in happens, guess what's going to happen? They don't have the faith to lean on. And I have the opportunity to speak into their lives. When they become disheartened and frustrated and just broken, the platform is there to speak to them, to share with them, Because one of our key values that we talked about is to serve those disheartened by life. And sometimes we have to go and be with those people. Here's a third thing that we talked about at the beginning of the year, our our core values, our resolutions, is that we would move forward in our surrender to God. Here's what Acts chapter 2 verse 42 says. It says, all the believers, all is the word you need to, to remember there, all the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to fellowship, to the sharing in mill, including the Lord's Supper, and to prayer. Do you know what it's saying they're doing is all the believers, the whole body of Christ, they were engaged together in the disciplines of the faith. And when they were engaged in the disciplines of the faith, praying, listening to God's word being taught, sharing in fellowship and in community, that within that, they grew in their faith. They, they grew. They became stronger in their Christianity. They became stronger in their understanding and knowledge about who God was, what he would have them do on this earth because of their commitment to those disciplines there. And our value is to move forward in our surrender to God. If you do a great job of getting out there and serving those disheartened, you know, the Lord bless you for that. At the same time, you've got to be growing in your own walk. You've got to be surrendering yourself in areas that God says, hey, it's time for us to deal with this issue in your life. Let's let's talk about this. Can I tell you something I love about the church? Some people hate it. I love this about the church. Because when I look out there, guess what? There's some of you that are dealing with the brokenness of marriage. Recent, 10 years ago. And you're, you're still dealing with that brokenness. Or maybe it's another relationship with a child in your life who just, it just didn't turn out as you, as a parent, it didn't turn out how you had hoped. And you're dealing with the brokenness of that kind of thing still. There's some of you are sitting out here and you have an addiction. You've got an addiction and you turn to it every once in a while or you turn to it on a daily basis. And maybe you even keep it nice and hidden from, from the church family, but you deal with it on a regular basis some of you are like, like you're on fire, like I can see it, like you're just, you can't get enough of God right now, craving his word, craving time with him, and th- those type of things that are going on in your life. For some of you that you sit here week after week, and you've been a Christian for 20 years or whatever, 
and you're just like, I can't figure it out, but I'm just spiritually dead. I'm dry. And I just can't figure it out. There is such a diversity in this church every single week and in every church in America. And many like to bemoan that. I love it. Because you know what? It's an opportunity for me every week to speak to you and to let you know wherever you're at on that spectrum, God loves you. He does. He loves you dearly. And there's nothing you can do to expand that love and there's nothing you can do to take away from that love. He loves you. But listen to this. God doesn't love you so that he can embrace the things that you're struggling with or that you might be addicted to or the, the, the things that are broken in your life or the decisions that you might be making that are hurting your life. God doesn't love you in order to embrace those things. He loves you despite those things. And he wants to bring transformation. And he loves you so much that he says, look, I love you. I, am, I, I receive you despite those. And guess what? I'm going to help you transform those things. I'm going to turn those things around. And the things that I gifted you in, sometimes our gifting, you know, actually becomes our detriment if we let it get out of control. God says, I'm going to turn those around. And guess what? They're going to bring joy to your life. And they're going to bring joy to the kingdom of God because you're going to start surrendering them to me. And I'm going to help you start living it out that way. So it's so key that we continue to move forward in our surrender to God. Staying plugged into the disciplines of the faith. Staying in church. Being able to rub shoulders with Christians. Opening our Bible on a regular basis and reading. What do you have? Praying. Listening to the prompt of the Holy Spirit during the week when the Holy Spirit says, hey, 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 what are you doing here? Time to not do that. Or the Holy Spirit says, yeah, that's it. That's it. Keep going. Keep going with it. Keep going. Listening to him. The fourth thing, and I really just want to touch on this as, as we're in the middle of a building campaign and we've talked more about money in the last few months than whew, all of my previous years of ministry combined. So what I just want to briefly touch on this one, and that is the fourth resolution that we committed to is to fund the mission of the church, that he's called all of us uh, to fund his mission it says, they worshiped together at the temple each day, met in homes for the Lord's Supper, shared their meals with great joy and great generosity, all the while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all the people. In order for the mission of God to succeed, we have to fund the mission. And I would guess that God could figure out and he could just drop like money and resources in any church in America's hands. But we know the word of God tells us that he's going to do it otherwise. He says, I'm going to do it through your tithes and your offerings. And in this season of our church, I'm going to do it through your building pledge so you can get on a permanent property that you, you can own and you can make your, your own decisions about how you minister as well and in a place where you don't have to set up 170 chairs every week. So um, we're going to fund the mission of the church. And if you've been in the church in the last three months, you've You've heard that message over and over because of the vital season that we're in in our church. I want to remind you this morning, it's one of our key core resolutions in this year. Here's the clincher at the end of Acts 2.47. It says this, And each day the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved. Each day he added. 
Now listen, folks, I, I've been a pastor for a number of years. I've gone to pastor conferences. And can I tell you, at some point, I just got so tired of sitting in seminars and listening to the marketing uh, schemes in churches. You know, if you, you want to look at it this way. I got tired of sitting and listening to the, the media explanations of, you know, you need to set up and do your media this way and, and on and on and on. And not that they're not important tools, but I just thought, man, my heart, it is so easy to get me off track on what really matters. And then I read a passage like this, daily the Lord added to their numbers. There was no, I mean, there's no PowerPoint. There's no screens, if you notice it. Nobody's plugging in electric guitars here in this passage. They are loving each other, serving each other, following God's mission, being generous with what they have, and God is growing them and adding to their numbers daily. And that is why for us, these four things are vital in this year. We're halfway through it. I want to ask you this morning, as you look at these four, are you reaching people far from God, church? Are you speaking to people about Jesus Christ? Are you inviting people to come and to sit with you? It's one of the easiest ways to give God a platform is to invite them to church. Are you serving those disheartened by life? Are you sacrificing some of your time and some of your resources to serve and care for somebody, a neighbor in, the, in, in your neighborhood, some, a co-worker, and on and on and on? You know, there was a group that spent $38,000 from the church this year to go down to Guatemala and serve and be a part of that. And I think every single one of them would tell the same exact story. They were ministered to more than they went down and they served. It's amazing how God works that way. How are you doing in your own growth, church? How are you doing in your own disciplines? I mean, is church just something like you pop in here or there, special occasion, or, you know, you come in because, hey, I kind of like they're singing that song this week. Or, or is church a place where you go, no, that... I've got to be there. I've got to, I've got to learn. I've got to be grown up. I've got to rub shoulders with other believers. There might be somebody that God has put at that church that morning that I get to speak into, that I get to be a blessing to them as well. How you doing opening up your word and reading in the Bible? You say, I don't, I don't read. I, I don't like reading. Oh, okay, fine. This is 2015, right? You know, get, get it going on your iPod. Or There's plenty of ways to engage with Scripture. And finally, how, how you doing funding the church? How, how you doing staying obedient to your tithes and your offerings? How you doing staying obedient to the, the conviction God put on your heart for your own building pledge? And we've had a couple m- months now into our building pledge as well. And daily, the Lord added to their fellowship. Here's the takeaway this morning, and this is the key to all of it. So uh, what does it take to do this? What does it take for these resolutions to happen. I mean, does it take like a, just a real snazzy printed material that you can take home, put on your fridge, and you'll always remember it? I don't know. It's a nice little thing, but I'm not sure that's what it takes. What does it really take? It's simple. It takes faith. It takes faith. It takes faith on the part of the body of believers right here at Wendover Hills. Hey, if you're new with us this morning and you're like, hey, I've been looking for a place to plug into. I've been looking for a church that I can, I can plug into, a church that is doing something for his kingdom that I can be active in. Guess what? It takes faith for you as well to plug into somewhere and get going. And what is faith is the question. What's faith? Recently on Facebook, I asked the question, so tell me what is faith? 
And I got quite a few responses, and they were so far uh, on one end and the other and somewhere scattered in between that uh, it it was just amazing. And I made sure I highlighted all of them, put them on a a document, and saved them on my computer. Um, It was very interesting. Quite simply, this is faith. Quite simply, faith is saying yes to God. That's the simplest form of faith, is saying yes to God. When God comes to you and he speaks to you and you say, I recognize that's from God, yes. That's from God, yes. That's faith. That's the simplest form of faith, to say yes to God. Say yes. Why? Because when we believe in God, when we claim God, when we're growing in our faith, guess what? We know he is the almighty. We know he's the all-knowing. We know he is capable of everything. And so when he turns to us and says, I am this, and now I just need you to do this. The yes is saying, I affirm everything here. I affirm you're God. I affirm you're the almighty God. I affirm everything I've ever uttered about you and read about you and your word. I claim that by saying yes to you. When I was in college, there was a, a, a cafeteria dish. You know, you kind of go through the line. And now I go to colleges sometimes to visit, and it's like, like gourmet, you know, it still looked like, you know, the, the basement dungy cafeteria back in the day when I was in college, um, which was really like two years ago I was in college. But uh, to teach. <laughs> there was a, a dish called chicken a la king. Have you ever made chicken a la king? Uh, I mean, we, we, we had it there. I've, I've never made it since, or I don't think I've had it since. Um, but it was like gray, like it was gray and it was put over rice. And I think unless you're having like a, you know, a a kind of a medium well steak, no other food should be gray. Uh, But that's what it was. It was like this, this glop of gray goo that they plopped onto your rice. And I can't even remember why I even attempted it the first time. I think I probably saw chicken and king and I thought this sounds great. And maybe didn't look down at the dish, but they plopped that on the rice. And I remember sitting down and just bravely diving into the chicken a la king. And can I just tell you, in about three bites, it became my favorite meal that they served at that food, or that school. I I, I mean, I was like every week, like wondering, hey, chicken a la king, hey, we're going to have any leftovers maybe for tomorrow's lunch, because they do that in colleges, you know? And Chicken a la king, it was a gray, ugly glop of junk looking, but it was so good when I ate it. I just loved chicken a la king. In fact, I I would tell people at the school uh, about the chicken a la king, and they'd say, oh no, that's horrible. And I said, well, have you tried it? No, I can't get past, well, how how would you know? It's it's incredible. And to this day, if I knew how to make that chicken a la king um, like like they did, uh, maybe I don't want to know how they made it. I'm not sure, but... The best, the best, chicken a la king. I loved it. You know what? After that first time, I never had a problem with how it looked. I, I care less how it looked. I knew how it tasted. And I could already claim in my head how it tasted, so I would sit down with total confidence at that meal, no matter what it looked like, and I would dive right into it and go back for seconds. It's very similar to God. When you believe this about God, the Almighty, I can do it. He is what he says he is. Then I claim it in my yes. I claim it by saying, yes, God, I'll do that. Abraham, get up 
leave your hometown, get on the road with your family, you're moving. Wasn't even something they did in that day. You're moving, and guess what, Abraham? I'm going to tell you where you're going when you're on the road. You ever try that one in your life? Hey, honey, um, so here's what's happening. Um, I've been transferred. I don't know where yet. But we're loading up the van tomorrow, and we're going to start tracking down the highway, and uh, I'll get a call. And no, that, it just wouldn't fly. That's exactly what Abraham in the Old Testament God did. Guess what Abraham said? Yes. I know this is about you, God. I know who you are. And so I will claim my faith in you by saying, yes. Noah, I'd like you to build a boat. I know you don't really understand what a boat is, um, or at least not where you're at uh, right here. But I'm going to bring rain and there's going to be a flood. And I know you have no idea what I'm talking about, uh, Noah. But go ahead and build it. Here's the measurements of it. Oh, yeah, by the way, it won't be like a, you know, a little boat to go get some fish. I mean, we're talking about huge thing you've never seen before and never will see again in your life. And what was Noah's response? Yes, I'll do that. Because this is what I believe about God, and I will claim it with my yes. Believers, this morning, here, don't overcomplicate this faith thing. If you know God's word and you know who God is, and he's speaking to you about something, just say yes. Yeah, God. I'll do that. Yeah, yeah, I will do that. And God will bless. That's how we accomplish what matters on this planet. That's how we accomplish what matters in our development with God. Here's an encouraging verse for you, and I just want to encourage you, if this is your church, well, this doesn't have to be your church. Anyone here this morning, I want to encourage you that this is the verse to commit to memory to hold fast every time when God says something and, and you get this little testing, should I say yes to God? Here's a verse for you. Isaiah 41.10. So do not fear, for I'm with you. I'm with you. I'm present. I'm right there with you. You can trust my presence. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. You can trust my person. You can trust who I am. I am God. I will strengthen you and and I'll help you. You can trust his power as well. That He's strong enough to handle this yes. You just need to say it. He's already strong enough. And I'll uphold you with my righteous right hand. That's, that's you trusting his purity. You're trusting he's pure. He's righteous. He's holy. You can trust that. And so this morning, memorize that verse. Commit that. And every time God speaks to you, you're reminded This is God, the all-powerful, the all-knowing, the one I've claimed many times with my lips, the one I've read about often in his word, and I'm going to translate what I know of him into faith by saying, yes, I'll do that, Lord. I'll do that. Yes, Lord, I'll reach that person. I'll I'll invite them to church. I'll speak to them about you. Yes, Lord, uh, that person who's disheartened and just broken in life, I will spend my time, my resources, my finances to to help them. Yes, Lord, I'm going to dedicate myself to the disciplines of the faith. I'm going to be in church. I'm going to be in your word. I'm going to be in prayer time. And yes, Lord, I'll stay committed to my tithes and my building pledge. Even the times when I go like, ah, this is a little scary this month. I'm going to stay committed there. Faith. That's how we accomplish this. The yes of faith. 
I want to pray for you and specifically that area of yes, if, you, if it's just a word that it's there to say and you're just having a hard time getting, getting it out with God, I'm going to pray this morning that the confidence in the Lord and who he is would just spill over. And so would you bow and pray with me? Father, this morning I just lift up this, this whole congregation here, Lord, and I just, I love that there's just such a diversity of who we are in here and where we're at on this spiritual journey. But Father, it's the same for, for all of us, every single person sitting this morning. For some, the yes is that they just need to say yes to you as their Lord and Savior. You've been drawing them for years or a long time, Lord, and they just always have said, no, I don't want to become a Christian. And they know really, Lord, the key yes in their life right here, right now, is to say yes to you. To say, yes, Lord, come into my life. Be the Lord of my life. I'm going to live for you. Forgive me of my sins. Now I'm going to track with you, Lord, and let you transform me. Say that yes right now in any way you want in your head to the Lord. You say that yes, and you are a child of God with that yes. For others, Lord, it's just the yes of of, of just growing in their faith. And, and Lord, they get these obstacles and these stumbling blocks. And sometimes it's the same one over and over because they have such a struggle in saying yes to you in that area. Lord, for some, you are calling them this morning right now to drop the addiction. To just drop it right here, right now. And Lord, there's some addictions that we know are just so destructive and there's some that... Lord, they're just kind of like culturally acceptable, so we just roll with them. But all the time we know, man, I couldn't set that down if I tried. And this morning, Lord, the simple yes to say, yes, Lord, yes. And then to sit back and trust your power, to trust your presence and, and who you are, that we will overcome and we will stay strong in our yes because of what your spirit offers our life. For others of you this morning, you might be calling them to something specifically, Lord. You might be saying, hey, venture out. Get out of your comfort zone. Go do this. Go invite that person. Uh, Go serve this person. And it is so far out of who they are. And for years, they've just just rested on the side of saying, well, I'm, I'm, I'm really not wired that way. And the whole time, God, you're saying, oh, come on. Just step out and do it. That's the yes this morning for them. Yeah. I'll do that, Lord. And then, Lord, flood the blessing. Flood the blessing of that yes this morning. And maybe the very next week, somebody's sitting right here with them in church. Or the very next week, they can say, you know, this week we went and served this young family or or whatever the case may be, Lord. Lord, there's a number of others we could go on and we won't. Help the yes this morning that we would boldly in faith in a very simple, simple way just say, I know what you're calling me to, Lord. I say yes. I pray this all in your son's name. Amen. Well, amen. Well, I'm glad you were able to come and, and to, to hear from the Lord this morning and to, to share with uh, Liz and Zeb and, and uh, just be a part of this. And I wanted to make sure here at the end that I highlighted a few people that in our church family stood up and said yes in the way of becoming members of our church not too far back. And we wanted to just recognize them this morning. So if I call your name, um, that means uh, they are new members of our church. And uh, I want to invite you to just stand, if you will. And then at the end of that, we, we just kind of 
want to clap and honor you and thank you for your commitment to saying this is, this is a place I'm going to totally plug in to the mission of what God's doing here. So uh, let me start off. It's Andrew and Lynn uh, Church. Here? Oh, already standing in the back. All right, good, good, good. Uh, Amelia Smith. There she is. Very good. We have Mike and Kristen Haig. And Anson and Deborah Esquivel. Uh, All right. And we have Randy and Mary Gillette. There we go. All right. Excellent. Welcome. Welcome aboard to all of you. Our next membership class, if you're interested, is going to be on September uh, 13th. So... All right, well, hey, we're um, going to go into our, our offering time. Our praise team is going to lead us here at the end. You'll notice there's cards on your seat when you came in, and we would just ask you that if you're new with us, as, as much information as you're comfortable giving us, we'd love to just let you how, know how glad we were that you were here today. If there's anything you need to communicate in the way of prayer or, or just anything you want to talk to us about, if you would just... Uh, use that card this morning to talk to us. And we've got a special gift if you're new with us. We've got a bag full of some stuff. And so uh, the way you get that, just fill out that card, drop it at our welcome table on your way out in the back. You can see Anson, and uh, he'll get, he's got one of those uh, bags for you, and you can drop your card right there. The rest of us, you drop your card in the, uh, the offering baskets as they come around in just a minute, actually right now. So let's invite our ushers to go ahead and come. And why don't you stand with me, and we'll go out singing one more.